బైబిల్ ట్రెషర్స్ టాపిక్ ఫిఫ్టీన్ క్రిస్టియన్ మినిస్ట్రీ వెల్కమ్ టు ది సౌండ్ ఆఫ్ ట్రెన్ టెలికాస్ట్ we are receiving so many corrective lessons on christian ministry in the series of these talks and some of you might have been offended by these lessons but i want to assure you i have tried my level best to be objective rather than become subjective because that has been the motive with which i have been presenting these valuable lessons I don't speak with a better than thou attitude but someone has to speak this truth boldly and I also want to tell you these lessons are very much applicable to me also and our topic that we have before us is how not to minister so far we have studied eight lessons number 1 do not substitute anything for personal involvement number 2 do not neglect personal purity and number 3 do not fail in your family responsibility number 4 do not be a loner and number 5 do not duplicate other ministries number 6 do not seek popularity and seventhly do not adulterate the message and last week we studied lesson number 8 do not bypass the poor today we will move on to lesson number 9 how not to minister do not be money minded do not be money minded Once upon a time beloved it was money for ministry but now it is ministry for money Jesus forewarned this trend even his times when he was commissioning the 12 disciples Please turn with us to Matthew's gospel 10th chapter read to you verses 7 and 8 As you go preach saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand heal the sick cleanse the leopard raise the dead cast out the demons add or something very significant freely you have received freely give yes jesus was aware of the possibility of religion getting commercialized especially charismatic ministries especially spectacular ministries healing the sick and raising the dead and people who perform miracles is very easy they attach some price tag to their ministries now beloved i would give you some examples then you understand what i'm talking about turn with us to matthew's gospel 23rd chapter the 14th verse oh to you scribes and pharisees hypocrites because you devour widows houses and for a pretense you make long prayers therefore you will receive greater condemnation you know they know knew that the widows were in some crisis they take advantage of their crisis 
and they make long prayers you know for a look you know i'm so concerned about you and they just take out the money that the little money that widows had now what is the thing that is parallelly happening today promising special prayers for special offerings it is exactly the same now that will come under the condemnation on the day of judgment now why did jesus say freely you have received freely you must give come back to the same passage where we started matthew's gospel uh, 10th chapter and he says in verse 8 freely you have received freely give what's the reason in the 10th verse read the last line of the 10th verse because your worker is worthy of his food Now what Jesus was telling I have taken you and appointed you for the ministry you are laboring for me it is my responsibility to provide for your material and physical needs Now that is what Jesus Christ was teaching his disciples on the sermon on the mount Do not worry what you shall eat Do not worry what you shall drink Do not worry what you shall put on all these things non christian gentiles are going after but your father knows what you need what should you do seek first the kingdom of god and his righteousness you just go after expanding the kingdom of god all these things shall be added unto you In other words, all these verses tell us something very significant, which is missing in the patterns of ministries these days. I want to present before you in this talk some of the very challenging examples from the Bible whom we should emulate. The first one is Prophet Samuel. He is standing before the people. Do you know what he says? So challenging, it is heartbreaking. Turn with us to First Samuel twelfth chapter, verses three to five. Here I am. Witness against me before the Lord and before His anointed. Whose ox have I taken, or whose donkey have I taken, or whom have I defrauded? Whom have I oppressed, or from whose hand I have received any bribe with which to blind my eyes? I will restore it to you. And they said, "You have not defrauded us; you have not oppressed us; nor have you taken anything from any man's hand." Then he said to them, "Verse five: The Lord is witness against you, and His anointed is witness this day that you have not found anything in my hand." And they answered, "Yes, God is witness." Beloved, we should have this testimony at the end of our ministry that God is witness for the way we have handled finance in the ministry. Apostle Paul patterned his ministry exactly like Prophet Samuel. Please turn with us to First Thessalonians, second chapter, and I will read to you the fifth words. Another challenge. Now, these are the things where we need to follow after these biblical examples. Fifth words of First Thessalonians, second chapter. Neither at any time did we use flattering words, as you know, nor a cloak for covetousness. 
God is witness. It is not just occasional faithfulness, but it is a never ever we had this covetousness. It's a consistent testimony every servant of God should have concerning money matters. Turn with us to Acts of the Apostles 20th chapter where Paul is found giving a farewell address to the Ephesian elders. Verse 33 I have coveted no one silver or gold or apparel. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands are provided for my necessities and for those who were with me. I have shown you every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. You know he says I avoided covetousness totally in my life. And I have also shown you the positive way of doing it. How you have to support the weak people. Beloved, this should be the slogan of every servant of God. More blessed to give than to receive. Because this is what makes a good shepherd. Many times we talk about a good pastor. But who is a good pastor? God's Gospel 10th chapter. Look at the 11th words. I am the good shepherd. How do I say that? Good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. Who is a good pastor? He is a giver than a receiver. What a definition, beloved, and what a challenge that comes to all of us in the ministries. That's what exactly Paul was writing when he was giving his second epistle to the Corinthian church. 12th chapter, read to you verses 14 and 15. And I will read from the middle portion of that verse. I do not seek yours, but you. For the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents should lay up for the children. In other words, every minister of God should have a parent heart. And how will he do it? Look at the 15th words. I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. Now this should be the slogan, spend and be spent. Keep on giving as much as you can. There will come a point when you don't have anything. Then you start spending yourself. That was the testimony of Apostle Peter also. Peter and John went in the hour of prayer to the temple to pray. And there was a beggar who was lame from his mother's womb for nearly 40 years. Expecting some copper coins from them. What did Peter say? Silver and gold I have not. The previous day only people sold all their properties and possessions and laid all the proceeds at the apostles' feet. Now he says, silver and gold I have not. What does he mean? There is money, but I don't have it. I don't have silver and gold. They are at our feet. They are not at our fists. Beloved, this is the truth we need to understand. You know, money-mindedness has become simply too common in Christian ministries. 
There are more money-minded preachers than spiritual-minded preachers in Christendom. That's what exactly Paul was mourning in his time. Philippians 3rd chapter. We read from verse 17 to 19. Brothers, join in following my example and note those who so walk. You have us for a pattern. Any walk of whom I have told you often, and I'll tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. Whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly. All the time they think about the earthly things, the earthly bliss things, the material benefits. Even in Paul's time, majority was like that. Today also the majority of preachers like that. You don't follow them. All of people like Prophet Samuel or Apostle Paul. Now that is what Paul challenged Timothy. First Timothy, 6th chapter, 9th verse. The love of money is the root of all evil. Then he says in verse 11, But you, O man of God, you flee these things. That's not for you, you are a servant of God. Don't have anything to do with the love of money. You know, usually men of God or servants of God fall because of three great traps. Number one, gold. Number two, girls. Number three is glory. Most of the people have fallen and succumbed to that first trap, that is gold. The Lord give us grace to escape and just like Timothy, Flee away these things. You know, I tell you, Christianity today is plagued with the love of money, covetousness, world over. Now, that was the situation in Prophet uh, Jeremiah's time also. Turn with us to the book of Jeremiah, 6th chapter. The 13th verse. The least of them and even to the greatest of them, everyone is given to covetousness. And from their prophet and even to the priest, everyone deals falsely. You know, priest stands for people before God. Prophet stands before people for God. And both these officers, both these ministries became corrupt in Jeremiah's time. And he says, from the least to the greatest. In other words, small preachers, new preachers and great preachers. Oh, beloved, especially in the matters of accounting the money, the offerings that come to us, we need to be very, very careful. Look at Apostle Paul's testimony in 2 Corinthians 8th chapter. Read to you verses 20 and 21. He was raising a lot of money for the poor saints in Jerusalem. And what does he say in verses 20 and 21? Avoiding this, that anyone should blame us in this lavish gift which is administered by us. Avoiding honorable things not only in the sight of the Lord, but also in the sight of man. One young preacher who was just blossoming, he came to me for some practical counsel. And I told him, be very careful about this finance because you are a charismatic preacher. You have a healing ministry. People will pour money upon you. You just set that money, set some people to take care of it. You don't have anything to do with it. And then after two years, he told me, Brother Stanley, I'm not able to do it. I said, why did you do that? 
He said, I consulted another very senior healing evangelist. And I told him, this is what Brother Stanley said. And he said, Brother Stanley will say like that only, but that won't work out. You please go ahead. God is blessing you. And don't associate with money-minded preachers either. Now please turn with us. There is a warning to us. Sir, in 1 Timothy 6 chapter. Look at the fifth verse. The middle portion of that verse. They suppose that godliness is a means of gain. And what are we supposed to do? From such people, withdraw yourself. So that means we should not be partakers of preachers who are money-minded. Because by associating with them, we are actually spoiling them. Beloved, don't go after rich people. Offering them special seats and all that. Don't do that. God does not like it. Jesus was hard on rich people. When a camel can enter the eye of a needle, but a rich man cannot enter the kingdom of God so easily. And he also called the rich man, you rich fool. And he gave that story of rich man and Lazarus. Many were offended and left the Lord Jesus Christ. That is immaterial. Truth is truth. And truth must be proclaimed. Now I have a prayer for every servant of God from book of Proverbs 30th chapter. This is actually, these are the words of Agur. And we'll read to you verses 7, 8 and 9. Now this should be the prayer of every servant of God. Two things I request of you. Do not deprive me before I die. Remove falsehood and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food you prescribe for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of the Lord. Oh, beloved, this is what Jesus meant when he taught the disciples in the Lord's Prayer. Give us this day our daily bread. You know, if we are very careful about this faith in financial matters, that will affect for good other areas of the ministry also. How not to minister? Do not be money-minded. God bless you.